Hey folks, it's Marvin Cash. I'm the host of the Articulate Fly, and tonight I'm lucky enough to welcome Martin Bauden, the founder of Flyman Fishing Company in Kona, USA. Welcome to the show, Martin. Hey, Marvin. Thanks for inviting me to be on. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, it's going to be a great evening, and before we get rolling, I want to give a shout-out to tonight's sponsor. We're being sponsored by the Texas Fly Fishing and Brew Festival, and that event will be held on March 23rd and 24th in Plano, Texas. If you want to get more information, if you'll just go to the events page on our website at thearticulatefly.com, you can get all the details. So now on to the interview. So Martin, I always start out all of my interviews and I ask my guests to share their earliest fishing memory. Well, that's that's actually quite easy. Um, it's funny, um, you know, we all have, especially if you've been fishing for many years, we all have many memories, but the first, uh, the first memory is very, very clear for me. Um, uh, I, I was actually born in Zimbabwe and um, in, in Africa, and uh, you know, uh, fishing was pretty popular then. I remember my dad taking me out first time ever going fishing. Uh, first day, I think I was five years old. Um, we got to the edge of a edge of a river, and I had a, a bobber with a worm. First cast, I uh, you know threw it out and um, and caught a, a big catfish on it on the first cast. First time I'd ever been fishing, you know, pulled in this catfish, which seems massive at the time. It was probably a baby one, but it seemed huge. But uh, I must say, from that second onwards, I was I was hooked. Excuse the pun. Oh no, that's all good, and it's interesting to hear that fishing over in um, in Africa is very similar to bait fishing here in the South. So that's kind of an interesting thing too. Yeah, yeah, it's actually yeah, it's obviously all warm water, but yeah. Bass and catfish and a lot of the very similar species out, out there. So, so you started when you were five. When did you make the move to the dark side and start fly fishing? <laughs> well, I um, I saw the light, uh, as I call it. Um, I started in uh, nineteen ninety seven. Um, yeah, I've always been I've always been interested in fishing. I've always fished, but I never never fly fished. But sort of. I think like many, many anglers, it's one of those things that I, I, I was interested in, but it never had the chance. And um, I joined a, a company, um, and the new company, the, the CEO of the company, was an avid fly fisherman. And he insisted that the company, uh, everybody in the company fly fishes. So um, you know, within the first week of me arriving at this, uh, it was actually an IT company, a, a software company, Within a week, I was uh, had my first chance to fly fish, and uh, since then, I've, I've never looked back. Well, that's that's probably the most interesting story about getting into fly fishing I've heard in a long time. And so, as you got into the sport, who were your mentors? Well, um, I think yeah, I think my my earliest influences with fly fishing are probably more fly tying related. Um, yeah, I was, I was fly fishing in the beginning, but not in any serious way. I enjoyed it, but I wasn't, you know, I was, I didn't go very often. I didn't really get into it. Um, quite honestly, until I arrived in, in the United States, which was in, in about 2004 and I got interested in fly tying, but, um, I was living in an area where there was no fly shops or, or, or very much of a fly fishing scene going on. So much of what I, my mentors or people who influenced me were actually, what, what drew me really to fly fishing was, was really the flies. And um, I was very drawn to, to, to the entomology side of it. And, um, you know, I think, I think just a couple of books probably influenced me um, 
So, so probably one of the the greatest books I've ever read is is by Doug Swisher. His his Selective Trout book, I thought was phenomenal. That really influenced a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of what I, my early thoughts and uh, and then also Dave Hughes. You know, um, Dave Hughes, uh, yeah, who's who's um, you know written some phenomenal books. Um, yeah, funny story is, you know, I, I, uh, you know, I, I, I bought all his books and I, I taught myself to fly tie using his books actually, and um, I, rem- I remember I met him maybe ten years later at a fly show. The first time I met him in person, and you know, I said to him, um, Dave, I said, you don't know who I am, but uh, you actually taught me how to tie flies, and we uh, we had a good laugh about that. Um, those are some of the earlier guys, you know, um, you know, mainly the trout trout guys and and you know, traditional. Match the hatch and and realism. I, I like that. That was sort of my biggest early, early um, influence. That's interesting. And I know you mentioned that you. I guess you started your career in IT. What uh, was the inspiration for leaving the IT world and starting Flyman? Well, I didn't really plan it. Um, you know, I had a, a pretty good career in, in IT. Um, yeah, I wore suits. I was on a, on a plane a lot of the time. Um, uh, yeah, but uh, you know the fly fishing, uh, especially once I got into the fly tying side, I really caught. You know, really, um, uh, you know, I just really got into it, really liked it, and um, you know, before I knew it, I'd, I'd, I'd come up with the idea for the first product for the company, and I, before I knew it, I'd sort of just gone out and find, you know, designed it and find somebody to make it for me, and I, you know, started getting involved, and um, it grew to the point where. After a couple of years of just doing it on the side, I, I sort of had to make a decision between, you know, do I stick with my IT job or, or do I just take a take the plunge? And I just took a chance, and um, yeah, I've been doing that for the last uh, last eleven years. Yeah, and what was it like making the shift from being an IT guy, and I think you were in IT sales, to to running a manufacturing business? That seems like a pretty big adjustment. Yeah, I was actually very comfortable. Um, you know, I I I, I was basically um, a sort of a specialist. Or, uh, most of my experience was in sales, distribution, you know, building sales channels, distribution channels. So what I really did was just take stuff I'd learned um, in my previous career and just try to apply it to to my new uh, to my new little business in fly fishing. And um, the principles are more or less the same. So I, I was very comfortable and. And, and it wasn't wasn't hard. And as you were making that move, what was the opportunity that you saw eleven years ago in the fly tying space that you wanted Flyman to capitalize on? Well, you know, eleven years ago, I think things were changed, starting very slowly to to change a little bit. Um, but you know, I, I was a new, you know, complete, very new to fly fishing, really. Um, and as I got into fly tying in particular, one thing. I found that fly fishing was very much stuck in the traditional world. In many cases, you know, nothing had changed in 30, 40 years. You know, techniques were the same, materials were the same. And perhaps because I wasn't really deeply ingrained in that old world, I looked at I looked at ways that things were being tied or materials that were being used. I thought, wow, you know, a single product could eliminate four or five of these very complicated steps to tie the same fly. And 
so really, I just saw, um, I, you know, and, and the motto of the company is, is the next generation, and that's that's what I saw. I just saw that, um, you know, fly 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 fishing and fly tying, you know, is is is, is about to come into the century. It's going to leave perhaps a lot of the traditional behind, not all of it, but but some of it. And um, I just saw the opportunity to um, create new products that were perhaps easier to use and, and innovative. Yeah, and it certainly feels like having watched watched the company grow over the last decade that you were sort of at ground zero for some of the explosion and some of the species that have gotten really popular to chase on the fly, like muskie and smallmouth bass and things like that. No, I think you're right. I mean, um, you know, we're pretty well known for for a number of our products, but our our, our fish skull range, which is really our, our range of streamer products, that's our biggest biggest range we have or biggest brand. Um, and that's all about streamer fishing. Now, now, you know, as a little back as six, seven, eight years ago, you know, a big streamer was a, you know, was a two and a half inch woolly bug at it. You know, and and and, and uh, you know, people just generally were were were, were you know, streamer fishing was only really getting going. Um, you know, there were some pioneers who were out there doing it. You know, guys like Kelly Gallup. You know, he was a leader in bigger, more articulated flies. You know, Blaine Chocolate. Had, you know, he had been doing it for for a long time, but for the most part, um, once again, things were you know, streamer fishing was not as big as it is now. People just getting into it, and so I think you know um, some of the products we came out with have been fundamental in, in producing this whole new generation of flyers um, that people are using. And, and as you built the company out, were you what was the focus for your products? Were you looking for kind of the kind of average fly fisherman, the, you know, production fly tire, uh, guides, kind of, who did you kind of have in mind as you were designing your products? You know, um, I, I, I think it's, I would rather say it's rather the main design principles I had. I mean, for, for me, because I'm not a, I'm not a master fly tire. I can tie a few flies, but I'm, I'm, you know, I, uh, I'm, I'm not a, a, I would never call myself an expert fly tire. Um, so for me, the, a big thing was ease of use. I just wanted to create products that anybody, even if it's the first fly they're tying, could use the products and tie a fly that looked half decent and, and would probably work. So I just focused on ease of use, you know, simple products that, that, that made things easier. Um, and, but then they have to be have to work. So performance is, is the second aspect. And then, you know, I've always been, you know, I was attracted to fly fishing and fly tying for the realism side of it. So I've always had this, I always like flies to try and look like something real. So, you know, ease of use, they kind of work and hopefully look like something the fish are actually eating. And it's interesting. I mean, as you built the company out, what were some of the kind of surprises and challenges that uh, you didn't expect when you, uh, you kind of made the jump from IT to, to fly them in full time? Well, um, you know, as a small, uh, you know, as a startup company with nobody knew who I was or what the company was, and I had one product, um, I can't say it was easy. It was a lot of, lot of hard work. Um, I would just, the only thing I would, uh, they weren't, yeah, I wouldn't say there was any, any, any massive challenges. But the, I would only say the, the big thing was, you know, back then there was always a lot of criticism, perhaps from. Um, more traditional fly fishermen who were looking at some of the new materials and saying that's not fly tying or that's not fly fishing. 
Um, but I just learned to ignore them, and um, and uh, you know, and and and. And turns out I was right this time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, yeah, I would say so. I think you. I mean, you've been cleaning up at the uh, at the trade awards. I mean, I think every year I, I expect to see you winning uh, some award for a new product. Yeah, uh, we've we've been very yeah you know, very fortunate um, to you know, have people like our products and and support us. So I'm very grateful for that. And, and can you tell us a little bit more about your vision for what you want Flyman Fishing Company to become? Well, you know, the, the vision has, has, you know, right from day one has never, never changed very much. Um, you know, it's, 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 it, you know, as a, as a vision statement, I mean, it's, it's really to expand the possibilities of fly fishing through improved fly design. So what that really means is, is, um, uh, you know, we're, we're really creating products that are going to allow fly fishermen to be more successful. Um, so um, I, I've been very focused from 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 the early one on creating what I call fly platforms. So um, you know, platform is a fly platform. I, I would it's almost like the chassis of a vehicle. So if you look at Ford or one of the motor manufacturers, they'll typically have a chassis, but they might build four or five different types of vehicle on that same um, on that same chassis. And so very, very much the same with with um, with fly platforms. Um, so to give you an example, um, if you take a, a fish, uh, you know, one of our fish skull bait fish heads, which has the weighted head that looks like a fish, you know, you you combine that with a hook, and then all of a sudden you have a platform upon which you could add, you know, a thousand different materials and create ten thousand different flies. But the fundamental um, principle is that the platform is really the hook and the head that doesn't change but it gives people the flexibility to really be creative and, and, and do whatever they they need you know for the type of fishing they're doing so um yeah my vision was really you know i'm jumping around a little bit but the vision for the company is to continue you know creating what i call innovative next generation fly tying materials but also then produce ranges of flies that are based upon the materials. So um, as we grow, and we've already started this this, um, this this journey, you're going to see us continue to create materials. We've got lots more coming, but we are essentially evolving into a fly company as well. So you know we're already focusing on um, on, on some very big areas of flies, you know, foam flies and our surface seducer brand. You know, we already have a factory that we, you know, we're making, you know, uh, fly, foam flies. And um, and another example is, you know, we just announced um, that we, you know, we have now have a a factory that specializes in tying uh, Blaine Chocolate's um, Game Changer flies. So all these wonderful flies that, uh, you know, Blaine Chocolate produces, you know, the, the, the different variations of Game Changers, Something that people have always admired but never been able to actually buy and fish because they've not been commercially available um, in you know especially the more recent more modern flies uh, we're, we're actually taking that on now so um, that's just an example of how we are creating these materials but now we are you also uh, uh, in addition to selling those materials uh, those as as a fly time material we're getting, we're actually producing finished finished flies and um, hopefully we can serve the market that way. 
Yeah, that's fantastic. I know that the uh, the game changers have been selling really well. I remember talking to Blaine about that over the holidays. Um, and, and I know you're still a pretty small company, Martin. Who else do you have that's helping you on the uh, helping you at Flyman? Well, uh, excuse me. Um, well, you know, um, we, we are still a small company. Um, yeah, we have a, a, a small but pretty tight team. Um, um, no, I've, you know, I've obviously got you know got some operational folks who work work in the office, in the warehouse, and so on. Um, and um, but then you know we, we you know I, I collaborate and you know I'm, I'm friends with and 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 throw a lot of ideas around with you know guys like um, like Mike Smith from Virginia, um, obviously Blaine Chocolate, um, Greg Senio, uh, Gary Dubiel. And many others that are um, have been, you know, really supporters of ours in the past, and and uh, perhaps might not work directly for a company, but um, are, are really, um, you know, great supporters, and and uh, we all work together. Um, I'm not sure if that answers the question. Yeah, no, it does, and I think it leads into the next one, which would be, you know, just kind of interesting. You know, I know you partner with people like Blaine, but sort of from a mixed perspective, where do your new ideas come from? Is it mostly you? Is it kind of equally you and people like um, Greg Senyo and Blaine Chocolate? I mean, how does that? How did these new ideas kind of come about? Well, I've 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 always I didn't suspect when I was younger, but I, it turns out I, I had some. Some uh, some some creative ideas, and um, so I've I've got I've got a a long list of ideas. To be honest, um, I sort of uh, have a, a spreadsheet, literally dozens and dozens of ideas of things that I think of, um, or perhaps I, I I'm inspired about. You know, from, you know, I get I get you know suggestions from customers or from or from from you know from people that we collaborate with. Um, so uh, yeah, most of the products I've I've created myself, um, but we obviously I've worked with, with with Blaine, with Greg Senio, you know Mike Smith, and 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 others um, who've um, you know who've, who've who've come to the table and and helped create um, some 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 fantastic products. So I certainly won't take all the credit um, for for doing that. You know, um, it, it's sort of a big team effort, really. Yeah, and I've spent time with you in the past, and I know you're incredibly disciplined in your design and your production process. Can you share with um, my listeners kind of how that works at Flyman? Well, um, I wish I could do more than I am doing. You know, um, as I said, I'm I'm a frustrated uh, uh, designer. I've, I've got a hundred ideas, but the reality is, time and money um, only allows to do a few things at a time. So we've grown up, grown up portfolio slow. You know, it's grown over the years, but it's 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 always been you know two, three, four products a year if we're lucky. Um, so really, in terms of process, it's, it's as I say, it really, really starts with um, really starts with with um, um, uh, the idea, um, and all these ideas I I I, I typically um, you know, keep in a. In a, in a in a list, and um, and then I tend to work on on the idea that makes the most sense. Um, I think would be, you know, have the biggest impact, um, would be commercially viable, and um, and fits in with our our company sort of vision. Really, um, you know, as I said, you know, I've, I've 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 focused really on on what I call platform products, which is 
you know, products upon which people can then create hundreds of flies, you know, um, but, you know, multi-purpose. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we, we still have a, a long way to go. I think we're only just beginning. Yeah, and it's interesting because I can remember, I guess, 10 years ago, um, I guess your your first wave of products were the fish skulls. I mean, I remember the sculpin helmets and the fish masks and the bait fish um, heads. But can you talk a little bit about that and kind of where, you know, the, the sh- articulated shanks came in and kind of the movement to nymph heads and then the kind of the development of your surface surface seducer uh, series of poppers? Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's a good um yeah, I'd love to do that. So, so within the company, we've got three three brands, and really, um, it actually all started with the Moonfed brand, um, which is basically um, the, the I call it the brand, but basically, it's a it's any any fly tying product that has to do with 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 nymph nymph fishing essentially. And the first product, which was the the heavy metal tungsten bead, actually was a Moonfed product. Um, and um, yeah, so in the in the beginning, you know, I was a big nymph fisherman, and I really focused on um, on creating you know innovative fly tying beads, um, which grew have now grown to three different very distinct ranges of of beads, um, two tungsten ranges and one um, and one brass range. Um, uh, and then and then I turned my attention right to the fish skull brand, which and fish skull really stands for everything to do with streamer fishing. I think we've got about twelve or maybe fifteen different products under that brand now. Um, the original first product was the um, the original fish skull was was what's now called the bait fish head, and then you know which was a metal head and it's an alternative to using a, a cone or a dumbbell, and um, and 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 it was pretty pretty uh, um, yeah at the time when I came out with it, it was it was mind blowing in many ways. Um, some of the things that were completely unique, for example, was it was a, a front-fitting head. Um, you know, up until that point, you know, if you were tying in a dumbbell or a cone or a bead, typically that was the first thing that you you put on the hook and you, you put it around the bend and you you, know, you brought it all the way to behind the eye, and then you built your fly, you know, from the tail and you put all your materials and eventually end up behind the bead or the cone and you stuff all your materials into the into the back of it, and and there was your fly, and and the fish skull was very different. It was build your fly first, and then you fit the head onto over the front of it from from uh, you know from the front over the eye of the hook, and um, that might you know it's become just the norm now um, to do it that way. But back then, that was it was pretty radical. It uh, it was it was really innovative. Um, and that was the first fish skull product, and you know, from there we went to the sculpin helmet, which is you know also weighted head, the fish masks, you know, our living eyes, and we I just started to build the key components that people would need to tie streamers. Um, and along the way, uh, fairly fairly soon was the articulated shank. So you know, the original articulated shank was um, quite also was inspired by. Um, was actually something that um, John Tolland, who lives out in uh, New Jersey, he actually was playing with wine. He showed me a few things, and I thought, man, you know, I got, you know, I got inspired by that and went and fiddled a little bit, and you know, and and you know, introduced the articulated shank. That was probably five or six years ago, and since, and then you know, we very quickly after that then have 
built that whole family out to a family of about five or six different shanks that do different things. And the whole um, the whole articulation that used these this whole family of of shanks um, is, is mind blowing. It's it's they're being used in almost every every streamer these days. Um, so it's really really gratifying just from that humble start you know, five six years ago just with a simple idea that um, it's caught on so well and, and and we've been able to also you know build different types to suit different types of flies yeah and tell us a little bit about the surface sedu- for seducers because I'm, I'm going to say it right at least once tonight seducers because uh, <laughs> um, it's real I've, I've fished them and they're really pretty incredible products that for you know, for durability and, and making poppers in general. Yeah, well, they, that's that's been a so, so that was really the third the third pillar. So, do you think about nymphing was everything to do with nymphing, fish skull was everything to do with streamer fishing, and then the third big area of fishing uh, is really topwater. And um, I, you know, first of all, I enjoy topwater fishing myself, but I also realized in the market. It was a real opportunity, and nobody has been doing foam products all that well for a long time. Um, and um, you know, so so we launched the Surface Seducer range, which was originally the the double barrel popper, which has been a phenomenal success. It's it's a, it's a fabulous, very versatile product. You know, we've got popper hooks that go with it. We've got the dragon eyes. Um, we came up with about a year ago uh, the the which is a, a different. It's a it's a foam head specifically for um, tying articulated poppers. So you know we've taken the whole idea of articulation you know to the top water now. So you know um, you know although simple bass bites are still sort of meat and potatoes anywhere. You know um, people are understanding that you know like you can articulate streamers, you can do the same with poppers. Um, and just makes the makes the poppers more animated, more realistic, get more movement. Um, so yeah, so the surface producer brand, our youngest brand, it's it's one we're doing very very well, um, and it's probably we're going to be doing a lot this year with that. We've we've got probably six or seven different foam products under development right now, so we're going to be coming to market with some um, some foam products that are going to just going to allow people to do a lot more things than they have in the past. Fantastic. And I guess, you know, it's probably a good time too, to talk about a little bit about your fish monk program. Cause I can remember talking to you about that years ago, but why don't you share with the listeners a little bit about kind of the ethos and who's involved in that? Right. Well, yeah, the fish monk pro- program was really just, um, our name for our guide program. And, um, uh, you know, I, I did a lot of, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of work with Mike Smith from Virginia out of, um, Around this, this whole fish monk concept, and yeah, you know, if you really look at the guides in the in the fly fishing world, the guides really are the, in many ways, the superstars. Um, they're the guys who are on the water every day. Um, you know, they're you know they're the ones who you know many of them do it full time. Um, they they are very very much they are living living the life, and this whole term fish monk um, is something that we we thought was a good. Um, you know, was a good uh, a good description, and and you know, we did we did some some stuff around that. Um, we we've stopped using it uh, in recent um, uh, you know over the last couple of years, 
but I think it still resonates. I think we'll we will probably be revisiting that and try and try and do more around that whole 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 idea of of you know, hardcore fly fishermen being fish monks. You know, completely dedicated, completely devoted to fly fishing. Yeah, and, and as you look back over the last decade, you know, talk to me about what you see about the impact that your company's had on the art of and craft of fly tying. Well, I'm, I'm, uh, I, well, I think, I think, um, I think we've we've helped to, you know, not alone, but I think we've had a a, a big, been a big contributor to, to to the more modern, more progressive types of flyers that people are now fishing. Um, uh, you know, as I said earlier, we were right on the beginning of what I think was a wave in certain certain areas. You know, people were opening their minds to new possibilities, you know, five, six, seven, eight years ago. Um, you know, they were understanding that, you know, uh, you could fish a seven or eight inch fly and catch a, you know, catch bigger fish, um, as an example. Um, I, I'd like to just, yeah, I, I mean, we, 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 we're far from done, but I'm just really grateful. I think for the impact I think we've had, I think it's, I think our, products because of the ease of use have allowed a lot more people to get into fly tying in particular um, um, uh, you know and I think anything we can do to bring new new people new fly tires new fly fishermen and get them interested in the sport is a good thing and I think uh, if any impact I think that's been you know the ease of use has just uh, got more people into it because there's less intimidation about you know, you have to be the super duper, you know, master fly tie fly tie in order to be to tie a fly. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I know for me, I mean, it's not that it's hard, but it's certainly a hassle making shanks yourself. So I mean, that's a that's a huge time saver from a t- from a time perspective. Yeah, that's that's a good example. I mean, most most of our products are like that. They're really just simple components that. Um, you know, eliminate what previously might have been, you know, a two or three or four step process with you know, a little bit complex. It's just it's really just simplifying a lot of the um, lot of things that were done before. And so I know within the last year or so, you've started Kona USA uh, and the Kona Hook brand. Can you tell us a little bit about that and who the folks are and kind of how that became interesting to you and how you became involved with Kona? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, I've always known uh, since I started this that I wanted to be a hook company as well. Um, you know, um, at the end of the day, the hook is the most important thing you can have in fishing. Without a fish hook, you you can't go fishing. So, as a company that's been making what I call platform products, the the hook itself is is the ultimate platform um, because everything about your fly is built upon the hook. Um, so I've always wanted to be a, a hook company, um, because, you know, um, you know, the hook plus the, the, the key material is, is, is the secret sauce really. Um, but, um, two things, you know, in the, in, you know, I, I realized that as an unknown company, maybe seven, eight years ago, um, you know, and we came out with our own hooks, you know, there's a credibility thing, you know, people especially fly fishermen really are pretty discerning when it comes to hooks. So um, I knew that if I came out with hooks, um, you know, years ago that um, we might not do so well because we don't perhaps have the credibility that we produce good products. 
Um, the second thing is it's it's expensive to get into the business. Um, it's very expensive. It's you know there's a big commitment to manufacturing hooks, especially if it's yeah you know, uh, multiple models in in uh, you know ten different sizes. It, it gets uh, gets pricey pretty quickly. So, um, but we created this new this new opportunity, which is very very exciting. Um, we are basically the representative for one of the biggest hook companies that nobody's ever heard about. You know, basically Kona is a is a Chinese company um, that makes hooks. And they've been making for 15 years for probably for uh, I would say more than half of the Japanese and the, the European companies. Um, but they've been an OEM maker, so they they've basically been you know a lot of the hook companies outsource the production to them and they make hooks for them. But they've never had their own brand, and um, you know, I um, I have a relationship with the, uh, you know, I've built a good relationship with them um, over the, over the years. And long story short, you know they want to have their own brand. They want direct representation for the factory in the, in the rest of the world, um, US in particular. So um, USA really is you know we are we are basically the the factory representative um, based here in in the USA, and. Um, it will be you know, more than just fly hooks. You know, we we've launched a very nice range of of fly fishing hooks um, about four or five months ago. That's already doing very very well. Um, they, the the quality is is outstanding. Um, um, but uh, Kona, yeah, the, we we will be uh, you know uh, doing all styles of hooks. Um, so you know, so look out for um, you know for some some. If you want some bass hooks, I'll, I'll probably be the guy to buy them from in the near future. Yeah, fantastic! And can you share a little bit more about kind of what the Kona difference is compared to other hook brands? Well, um, first of all, they are. There's a couple of things. Um, one of the things that distinguishes them, but you know, they are a very high quality hook. Now, everybody will obviously say, "Oh, we got good quality hooks," but they they truly are um, truly truly uh, superb quality hooks. And the reason is, is that um, although they may be a Chinese factory, they, their main job has been making, you know, hooks for the Japanese domestic market. So, you know, as you know, the Japanese are very discerning. They, they require the highest, um, the highest quality in terms of steel manufacturing techniques and all that sort of thing. So, the quality is exceptional. Um, the other thing is the um, something that's uh, you know all, all of the Kona hooks are in in, the, in a black nickel finish. Um, so one thing that I think you, people are starting to see quite quickly is that that the world is moving away from you know all the you know, sort of bronze hooks. Um, you know, you know black nickel in particular is becoming almost the default. Or at least the preferred finish. Um, it's just a nicer finish. It's it's it did not a better quality hook in in many instances. So that's something that's different. All of the cone hooks are black nickel, um, and um, and the other thing as well is um, is just the designs. Um, one one of the one of the nice things about coming in as a new, you know, creating a, a new range of fly hooks is that we're not trapped in in the past. Um, we can really look at what people are using today, and and really produce hooks that are 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 um, you know current or or what or, or what you know, most people are really looking to use today. 
um, I think you know one of the one of the one of the the, sort of the problems I think perhaps you know older hook companies might have is that very often they're sort of forced to produce a lot of the the old style hooks um, because there's some demand, but you know perhaps not you know, not not where it used to be, um, and you know, we don't have that. We've basically been able to come in and, and design a, a new range. I think we've got 22 different models just just to start. But they they're all hooks that are are, are modern are what people are, are are tending to to move towards today. So I think that's sort of um, uh, it's refreshing. I think as as a range to look and say, okay, you know, there's some there's some nice some nice design to. That's really interesting. And can you share a little bit about what um, we can expect to see from Flyman and Kona in 2019? Yeah, we've we've this is gonna be a big year for us. You know, we've um we've just taken a, a big step, you know, I, I think I mentioned earlier, we've just moved uh, both the companies down to Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, we were um we were up in North Carolina um you know, since we started. Um but we've moved to a bigger city, um we needed to get a bigger building, um, you know, um a, a little bit closer to more resources in terms of staffing and that sort of thing. So we're in, a, we're in a new building, new warehouse, um, a new, you know, new team that we're building. So there's a lot of energy going on right now. Um, I think what you can expect in terms of products from Flyman this year, um, uh, something I'm very excited about is um, we're going to be coming out with the new, um, what I call, what's going to be called the, the personal fly tester. So if you remember the, the, the fly test that we came out with about four years ago, um, um, you know uh, we are coming out with a new updated version um, that's that's improved. It's 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 smaller. It's a little bit better design, um, but it's going to be something that's going to be priced and is the right size. That is is going to be basically. It's going to allow. I'm hoping will allow most. Or you know, should be hopefully all fly ties to actually have one on their desk. Um, so the personal fly test is going to be a big launch for us, um, probably May, May June timeframe. Um, and uh, so that's that's going to be pretty big. Um, we've got, as I mentioned earlier, we've got about six or seven new foam products that I'm working on. Um, so we're going to have some new options for top water. Um, the um, I've got a um, I've got a new uh, new product that uh, the Blaine Chocolate and I have been working on for a couple of years. Um, it's finished and it's going to be phenomenal. I'm not going to tell you anymore, but uh, we we you can expect that during the course of the year. And I think it's going to it's going to it's going uh, it's going to be good. Um, um, I think what else? Uh, obviously, another you know, another big thing is obviously the the, the game changer factory. You know, um, we, we, you know we've we've started now to you know we've just started shopping uh, in in December, but you know we're starting now to commercially produce you know, Blaine's uh, game changer flies. Um, we've we've got two models out already, um, but um, you know we're going to have uh, we're going to have uh, feather changes and. Some of the bigger models out. So throughout the year, we're going to continue to build up the whole game changer family. Um, well, that's fantastic. And where can folks find more information about Flyman and Kona? 
Well, um, we um, we have obviously the flyman. Probably the website's always always the best these days. So you know, flymanfishingcompany.com um, is the flyman website, and uh, konafishingproducts.com is the Kona um, hook website. Um, so. It's probably the best place. Yeah, and I guess if they can't find uh, your stuff in their local fly shop, I know you sell you sell both products on those websites. Yeah, we do, we do. Um, although I think you'll find um, you'll find most products are available in the fly shops. Um, you know, most of our distribution these days is going through hairline uh, hairline dubbing. Um, so um, you know, they they do a really great job of getting you know um, getting our products into to many of the uh, yeah, eight nine hundred plus five shops that they serve. Well, that's fantastic. Well, I really appreciate you spending some time with me this evening, Martin. Yeah, well, thank you for uh, thank you for inviting me. Uh, I really appreciate you you asking. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Well, folks, I appreciate you listening tonight. Um, if you like the episode, I'd really appreciate a review in iTunes. Um, if you like it, I, subscribing is great. Um, you can subscribe in the podcatcher of your choice, or you can visit the, our website at thearticulatefly.com and subscribe there. Thanks, everybody. Tight lines and good night.